0: Welcome back, watch people, and I'm sitting uh, in a secret location here in central London with two, uh, not only followers of my channel, not only two big watch guys, but most importantly, two acting serving members of the Metropolitan Police's elite flying squad. I'm very proud to introduce to you Kevin and Tom. Um, First of all, I've got to tell you guys, obviously we can't put these gentlemen's faces on the camera, but you will be able to unfortunately see mine for the inside uh, entire duration of the video. Um, first of all, I'm going to introduce you to Kevin. Kevin, can you tell us a little bit about your job, what you do, and you know, just a little bit of information for the viewers?
1: Uh, hi, Paul. I'm Kevin. I'm a detective on the Flying Squad, as you said, and we investigate uh, armed robberies uh, against commercial premises. And uh, a lot of our work involves um, dealing with robberies that have taken place at jewellers. Uh, and over the years, we have targeted and dealt with many smash and grab um, offences and targeted people that have dealt with that, along with uh, robberies where members of the public have been robbed um, quite violently at times uh, when they're out and about wearing expensive watches as uh, you're aware of and all your listeners um, are aware of too.
0: Moving over to Tom. Tom's watch robbery, for me at least, being in the industry, it seems rife. Um, First of all, how long have you been in the job and how do you see it these days? Is is it more prevalent these days, do you think? Is it getting worse or is it getting better?
2: Hi, Paul. Um, Yeah, I've been in uh, this job for 25 years now and I certainly think that it has become more prevalent because the popularity of watches has grown Um, 25 years ago. People like watches, watches are always around, but not as many high-end luxury brands. And I think uh, modern social media and TV shows has driven up that demand for these watches. Um, And they're now really one of the number one targets for Thieves because people know the value in them. Um, And of course, that's seen an
0: increase in how many are being stolen. Now, you guys are obviously very active in the central London area. Would you say that London is perhaps the hub of the problem we have here in the UK at the moment? Or would you say it's a nationwide issue?
2: I would say, obviously, London's a very busy city. Um, A lot of the trading of watches is in London. And a lot of the wealth uh, of the country obviously sits uh, here in London. So... All of those factors combine to make it um, an area that is much targeted and a lot of watch crime happens there because of the the premises and the the nature of what people are visiting London for. Um, And of course, when people are putting their best clothes on and their their best watch, obviously a lot of the high-end places in London are, are where they end up.
0: So, Kevin, these gangs appear to be, um, obviously, they're motivated, but they also also seem to be very well organised, from what I see, at least, from the outside. Obviously, you guys get to see a lot more than I ever will, but they seem to be very clever. They're forensically aware. It must be very difficult for you guys now, because they, they come and go very quickly as well, don't they?
1: absolutely correct the average robbery will take a couple of minutes if that um what we've dealt with over the years is a lot of them are the motorcycle offenses the smash and grabs as everybody's aware of they can take minutes yes they're completely covered over nine times out of ten they're always wearing gloves crash helmets pulled down so that you can't see the faces sometimes you can't even see what color of skin the person has Um, They're organised, you'll have people outside that will do the crowd control to prevent members of the public getting involved to try and stop them, and that gives those that go inside plenty of time to smash either a cabinet, push the staff back to keep them out of the way, and they basically get a free range for basically a couple of minutes to grab as much as they can and get them into their bags to leave as quickly as they can because they don't want to be caught and they want to get out as quick as they can with as much as they can, sadly.
0: I'm not sure if this is a question that you're going to be able to answer, but how many of these watch robberies would you have on your books at the moment? Is that something you can discuss?
1: To be fair, at the moment, um, there has been, fortunately, there's been a bit of a lull in the offences, which is great. Um, They can be seasonal, Paul. You can find that at Christmas time, when they lead up to Christmas, you can get uh, a big run of Smaller jewelers, not just the big ones, um, can be targeted. The summer time, when the weather's is good, um, you can have them there. there. There isn't really a time when it's they're, they're they're busiest, but we do find that summer and the uh, Christmas and the lead up to Christmas can be a busy time.
0: And uh, Tom, I guess these uh, in, inquiries can take often take a, a very long time to get to the bottom of.
2: Yeah, of course, they're they're often long and protracted. Um, It takes time to to get scenes examined and to get things back from that and then obviously when you do get your leads you have to investigate that further um and because of the nature of these crimes a lot of them are organized criminal networks it's more than one person involved and because of the nature of how they dress uh motorbike helmets and the the clothing from that Obviously, even when you, you get the hits back on certain things about who has been wearing it, you need to do proper investigation before you, you go out and arrest the people. You need to know that they were the people at the scene. Um, so, yeah, they do take some time.
0: Yeah, one of the messages that I was trying to put out to these guys a few weeks back was that just because you know they do the robbery on the Monday, they haven't been arrested by the Friday, doesn't mean to say that they're going to be getting away with it, does it?
2: No, certainly not um, because of... How much decent and good old-fashioned investigation has to go in it? You want to have everything together before you you take it to court. So, people, if they're not getting arrested straight away, it certainly doesn't mean that they're not about to.
0: Kevin, it must be very satisfying when you've been chasing down some of these gangs after you know months and weeks and months of hard work comes to fruition um is there any sort of jobs that you could talk about that particularly were rewarding for you as an individual
1: we had one a couple of years ago um Paul where we had a guy who was high end handler of watches and he was he was receiving watches almost on a daily basis and he was convicted a couple of years ago after we identified just 112 stolen watches that he had in his possession um, that he had on him when he was arrested and back at his property. Um, it was rewarding, yet yeah, that was a lengthy investigation because he was interviewed a number of times over a period of a um, couple of months whilst we did the investigations because, as you know, it's it can take a while to find out if a watch has been stolen, if it's been reported. We have lots of inquiries to do with watch manufacturers. Um, and once you got to the bottom of it, um, it was rewarding. And even more so to get some of these stolen watches returned back to not just the um, the dealers that had been targeted, but especially the individual victims that had been targeted, either been burgled at home, robbed off their watch in the street, or stolen is what we've seen a quite a big increase in thefts from um, the gymnasium lockers. That seems to be, we've had a lot of them over the years and that's where this man was getting quite a lot of his watches from. So yeah, very rewarding to get them back to the legitimate owners.
0: And it's a good point that you bring up there and it's one that i was going to come to about uh, the manufacturers i mean you know i've been working with katia at the watch register for a while i know you guys have i mean from from a from a police perspective what can the manufacturers do to help us prevent watch crime and to and to catch these people that are responsible for it kevin what can we do what can they do
1: well we Since 2016, um, when we first came to start working with the watch register, especially Katia and her partner that was there before, Nina, they were phenomenal because their records are second to none. They have the biggest register of sort of like a database and they are, we work with them on every investigation now, run everything through them. What could make things better for everybody out there was we've been trying now to work with the manufacturers to get access to, to get access to their register who they've lost watches if the customers have got back to them, because this helps us many ways. One we can identify if it's ever been serviced, and then we can identify who the owner is, because not every um, person who has a watch that's stolen, they have their um, cards with the serial numbers, the model numbers, so it can be difficult, but if we were to be able to work closer with the manufacturers, it would help us from a crime prevention point of view to recover and prosecute and get these watches back to the uh, the victims because that's all we want to do.
0: And Tom you must find it frustrating the fact that some of the manu- manufacturers aren't exactly um, coming forward with some of this information they're not being overly helpful.
2: Yeah well I think we're working with the industry to try and improve on that and there are a number of factors that make it awkward for them and we do get that with the new data protection um, regulations that have come in but of course the whole watch industry would be much better off if it was working, um, you know, fluidly and we were able to trace these watches back to their genuine owners. So I think um, we are we are making good progress with different companies to achieve that. Um, and I think through the, the watch register um, and how they're working and interacting with the companies, that is going to improve. Um, of course, the other important thing is sort of Kev mentioned is we do need um, watch owners, people that have purchased their own watches and then sadly had them stolen by whatever means, to make sure that they keep a really good record of where they got the watch um, keep the box and papers and probably keep them separate from the watch itself, but you know, sometimes when we're reporting things with individuals at, um, aggravated burgers etc, they haven't always got the best record of their own watch, so from this podcast I'd really like to get the message out that people really need to be um, looking after the details of their own watches that they've bought to help us and to feed that into the system as well.
0: So the message is make sure you keep details of your um, your serial number, your reference number, take some photographic evidence of the watch, any marks that might distinguish it from another watch. Um, now Kevin obviously you've, you've already told me that you, you know, you've watching my channel and i'm very grateful for that um you'll obviously know that i've had my own issues with the police in the past and you know that some members of the public like myself have maybe lost a little bit of confidence um in the police services um, and it, i've got to point out because not everyone realizes there are different forces and there are different sections within each force but what would you say to someone like myself that's maybe lost a little bit of confidence
2: yeah Paul,
1: I- Listened to you many times and heard the the difficulties that you went through and it it wasn't nice to um, have to listen to. But I can assure you that we, especially in the Metropolitan Police, we are doing as much as we can now to investigate these um, offences, especially when it comes to the jewellery crimes because that is quite an important thing. And some of these offences can be violent. Now, I understand that not every officer in the Metropolitan Police or even in some of the forces outside of London have the time to dedicate as much uh, investigation into an offence that we do. We can prioritise that because we have a lot of officers to do that, but the police are all across the country still making these sort of offences a priority to investigate. They can only do as much as they can, I understand that, but if they have the best CCTV to go on, if they have... It can get as much eyewitness help from the public. The police can only do as much as the information they get in. So if they get good CCTV, if they get good witnesses, if they get good support and details of stolen watches, they will do as much as they can and that I can assure you. Um, and at the moment, we are doing as much as we can to work with the industry, to work with the public and the business community, especially in the London area where we, where Tom and I work predominantly, to get as much good feel-good factor back. To let them know we're there, we want to help, and we are going to help them. Now, as
0: a member of the public, we often see things on the telly, you know, like uh, cuts and red tape, etc., hindering police officers in their job. Is is there much truth to that?
1: There has been, as you know, it's there's no
0: secret over
1: the last few years, there has been a lot of cuts um, and certain types of crimes have raised and dropped over that period. But, um, as I say, the Flying Squad, who will take lead on these type of offences we will definitely put the resources in and are putting the resources in to combat this and we've had some great successes over the years um since we took it on predominantly in 2012 with some quite hefty sentences and great convictions and that was because of the effort we were afforded but i have to emphasize as well that the individual police stations, they can't put as much time in because their pressure and resources are directed elsewhere because they have different crimes. We are fortunate that we can solely dedicate our time to certain types. Um, So that's where we can do as much as we can, and we are, and we try to help our colleagues at the individual stations and across other forces if they come to us for help, um, with as much help as we possibly can.
0: A slightly lighter question for you tom so do you ever wear a I know you're both watch guys okay we've spoken about that off camera but do you ever wear a nice watch to work or do you just you know leave them for best
2: um I have been known to wear um a nice watch to work but I I normally get told by Kev I need to um downgrade it wear something a uh, a little more robust so uh, I wear I wear a mixture and um Obviously, I think with anything, you know, again, advice to members of the public it is know your surroundings. Um, as I pointed out earlier, people are in nice places, posh parts of town, a nice restaurant, a nice nightclub. They're having fun. They have maybe had a drink. Um, but obviously, that makes you easy prey and people feel relaxed when they're in these sort of luxury settings. But of course, these are often the areas that criminals will target. So look, people buy nice watches because they've worked hard and they want to invest in them. But you do, you do need to think where you're wearing it. And um, even more importantly, Kev doesn't want me scratching my Rolex whilst I'm typing on the, on the bottom there because um, the metal band. So I have, I have been told off, but yeah, know your environment to wear, to wear a nice watch.
0: Now we was talking earlier on the both you guys have watched my video about London the other day, and some people got the impression that I was talking London down. I wasn't talking London down at all. Um, What I was trying to point out is, as you've just said, Tom, is that, you know, it's in some of these luxury environments you can end up being at your most vulnerable. Um, And I said quite clearly that if you're covertly wearing a nice watch, you know, you can get away with it for a long time. Um, But I think from what we were saying earlier on, Kevin, you perhaps go along with what I was saying in that video.
1: Yeah, you're right, Paul. There... There's many people, as Tom said, London's a, a, a big city. Lots of people now because it's become, um, the are sought after items. Lots of people want to wear nice watches and that's men and women. Um, but it is a sad fact that there are always going to be people out there that want to steal or take your watch. Um, but again, it's a case of you must be as vigilant as you can, um, know your surroundings, be careful, but there are crime, There are areas where people do get targeted. Um, sometimes when they come out of train stations, it can be prominent because people are maybe off guard a bit, they feel relaxed, um, they look at their watch, and if somebody sees them, then they're they're quite happy just to say, like, okay, I might have a look at that. But just be careful. London's like any other city. You're always going to get incidents where people unfortunately do get targeted but London isn't immune from it so by any means of uh, imagination but you must be vigilant at all times with your watches don't be um don't get blasé with it always think right just don't want to put it out there to make people think that I'm look I'm waving it about if you're careful you've got no reason to worry just know where you are and be careful that's all we say be as vigilant as you can and then you should be fine
0: Where do you think a lot of these watches that get stolen in these raids end up? Do you have any opinion on that? Do you think, uh, is that something you can talk about?
1: Well, it's difficult. Lots of people um, try to say, oh, a lot of these go across the Far East, they go to Europe, but we've found from our investigations they can end up anywhere. They can be sold to pawnbroker shops, they can be sold to jewellers and all people that have been inadvertently almost duped into buying them yes you will get there'll there'll be some people out there that will take stolen property that we don't know about and some that we do um but sometimes they can just they can end up in all sorts of places you might even get the old story like i sort of bought it down the pub there's many places there's not one specific place watches can go anywhere because there's always somebody that would like a watch and there's always somebody that's looking for a deal paul
0: so, guys, we're talking about um, crime of the highest of levels here, and I know that uh, your unit that you go out with um, is regularly armed. Uh, take us through a, uh, an average day, uh, Tom. What would, how would your day start if you was on a big operation?
2: So, um, different, different teams uh, make up the flying squad, and on any different week, you'll have, you'd have different roles. Um, some of that week, uh, some of our shifts will be something we call the bank car, where we're covering all of the major crimes within our remit that come in. So one team, anything that comes in that week, that's their job. And so when that job comes in, you um, go to the scene, you build up the picture, you start to investigate. And then you'll take on that investigation going forward and see where that goes to. If it's very simple and very quick, obviously it's over and done with and the the person might be hiding across the road and you've dealt with it. But that isn't the most common scenario because we often deal with organized criminal networks, um, teams of people that have put a lot of planning into what what they're doing. Um, and of course, when that's the case, we have to go more proactive with it, start targeting the gang and looking into them more and working out how this conspiracies come together, who the players are, knitting together all of the pieces of the investigation to... Um, make arrests and obviously to make arrests at a stage when you feel that there is enough evidence to put it to a court and to a jury and get good long convictions for these people. must be tremendously
0: frustrating if you work on a case for months and even years potentially and then get to court and the perpetrators walk for whatever reason.
2: Yeah well luckily with the unit we're on we're in quite a privileged Position in terms of resources and uh, knowledge and skills of the, the people on our unit, that generally, when we do put our heart and soul into an investigation, we get the results and the convictions that we want. Um, you know, generally, we get really good results. But of course, like Kev's mentioned, we are in a position where we've got those extra resources that allows us to do that. So we're, we're quite lucky, really.
0: Kevin, you must have sat across the table from some pretty. Hefty and some serious villains over the years. Is that how do you find that as a human being? Do you find that intimidating at all, or do you just have a, a different character where you go into you know police mode and it all comes natural to you?
1: Paul, it's you're right. We've we've dealt with many different people. Some very frightening. Uh, other ones you expect to be frightened aren't so. What you find is with Flying Squad work because of the level of crime that they're committing is the the more serious offences. They can either be Really respectful to you when they're arrested because they've they've maybe been and committed many crimes before, uh, and they know how the criminal justice system works. Or you can get some that can be quite intimidating to you. You're absolutely right, and you can come out there thinking, "Oh, that was a character." But generally, we find there's a bit of a mutual respect. They think, "Well, I've been arrested by the Flying Squad. I know I've committed a serious offence. I've been investigated by a serious unit." And it's it's quite rewarding because there's a bit almost like a, a mutual respect when you're dealing with these people. But yes, from time to time you can get some characters that you wouldn't like to meet um, at the wrong time. That's all I can say.
0: I was going to say, from you know, I'm of a certain vintage when I remember the TV series, the Sweeney. Obviously, a lot of people remember that. And you know, look, guys, if you've got um, if you've got the Sweeney on your case, it's not like your local PCSO, is it? People tend to take that pretty seriously.
1: Yeah, that's right. And it has, I think, obviously, the police through the Sweeney years ago got a huge sort of like uh, increase in their popularity uh, with that. And it's renowned for it. Everybody knows the Sweeney as um, the Dennis Waterman uh, characters that used to come around John Thaw. Uh, Carter and Regan but uh, yeah there's still a bit of that goes on with some of the offences we get Uh, there's still the odd chase and there's still the old uh, roll around when you have to sort of like uh, catch people after they've committed a uh, quite a hefty
2: crime. I think when Kev first joined they were still sort of wearing the leather jackets from that that era but um, I'm a little bit younger than Kev and there's no real sliding across the bonnets of cars anymore and the, the clothing's changed a lot but the ethos of the Flying Squad is still that we do a really good job with the really bad criminals, um, and it's a very enjoyable unit to be on.
0: And I'm intrigued. What separates an, an ordinary detective, say, from a detective that's in the Flying Squad?
2: Well, to, to get on the Flying Squad, you normally have to have sort of proven yourself and had um, involvement in, you know different levels of serious crime maybe on the you know every everyone starts at the same place uh, when kevin i joined that was hendon and then you go out to your borough and you do your you know you always start in uniform and then maybe you become a detective and you, you do the investigations at local borough um, for me i spent uh, 10 years at westminster where there were a lot of smash and grabs so i got sort of first-hand experience of these crime scenes and the sort of criminals that were carrying out these offences and that was a very good inner for me to be involved with the flying squad and from there I came across but yeah you you do your you do your time on your borough you learn about different crimes there's a lot of you know every borough has something big happening and you get to investigate those and then you sort of focus your knowledge on this you know the robbery area and that can take you across to the flying squad.
0: Fantastic. Now, as you know, we've got The Watch Show coming up in Brighton on the 19th of uh, October. And Kevin, I believe that uh, you're coming along, which is absolutely fabulous news. Um, I know we can't show your face on camera, which it seems odd because people will obviously see you on the day, but that's a little bit different. um, And I'm hoping that you're going to answer some questions for us on the day down there too.
1: Yeah, no, I'm kindly going to come down and... um work alongside the watch register just to explain and try and get the message over to people about using their service um, try and use them as best you can because hopefully you can get try and find stolen watches and then what we the police can do to help as well and just try to give I'll be there more for to help with crime prevention advice whereas the art loss register the watch, register be there to sort of like sell their services to try and get as many people subscribed to them because the more subscribers, the more checks that are being done, hopefully the more recovered watches we can find and hopefully the more investigations we can complete. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a great day.
0: Absolutely, amen to that because I think ultimately, certainly one of the aims that I've had ever since I started this channel was to try and prevent try crime, try and help solve crime. And if we can all, you know, getting together i think that's the main thing isn't it watch people across the world have to pull together um, as a group whether it be the manufacturers whether it be private individuals we all need to get together and try and put an end to this
1: yeah you're right absolutely like you said paul it's all about everybody trying to work together because if everyone was working together it'll work across the board from manufacturers to the dealers to the police and, the, and, the, and the, the people who buy the watches at the end of the day, they're the ones that sadly lose them and they want them back. And like we said earlier on, both Tom and I, both are, um, are watch collectors and light watches. And it's something, if it happened to me, I'd be desperate for my watch to be found, recovered. And I think using the watch register, liaison with the manufacturers and the industry and working together, it can only be a great thing for everybody concerned.
0: Absolutely. Well, I want to thank both uh, Kevin and Tom for their time today. I'm absolutely blown away by their hospitality and their generosity in granting me this interview, and it's a a real pleasure and a real honour. So thanks for watching, Watch People, and uh, we'll be back again soon. Uh, Don't forget, keep those watches safe, and don't forget to take the lads' advice. Make sure you've got plenty of photographs, all the details that you need. Get them written down safely, put them away somewhere safe, and we'll speak again soon.